comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. I admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Boca Martini. Chicken or stir? Do I look like I give a damn? So, John, you want to do another podcast? Another one? Uh, I really don't have any time, but sure. I figure we'd do something less controversial, like politics or something like that. Oh, politics? Uh, religion, I think, would be good. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, And probably the most heated discussion I can get into, baseball. That would be very good as well. That'd be a hell of a podcast. I don't know how many listeners we'd have. Probably a couple. <laughs> I can think of a couple that wouldn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess since we both got this uh, James Bond uh, 50th anniversary set burning a hole in our DVD shelves, maybe we should should talk about that. Yeah, it's really cool. uh, Of course, we're talking about the Bond 50, uh, for lack of a better name, right? Is that what's the official? You're looking at it. What's the official title of this behemoth? It is. It just says Bond 50. Celebrating five decades of Bond. Awesome. Yeah, this is, I'm going to say it's out a year and a little bit now. Of course, there's probably a release date on the internet somewhere. But uh, October 1st, 2013. So a little over a year. And there were some great Black Friday through New Year's Day sales on this puppy. And I was able to grab it last holiday season. And it sounds like you were able to grab it this holiday season. Finally, this is one that's been on my radar for quite some time. And it just seemed like perfect timing, right? Every time it went to that $99 sweet spot, something came up and I, I just didn't have the extra budget to get it. So uh, this year for Christmas, I, I just told everybody, get me an Amazon gift card and I'm going to buy it, whatever the price is. And luckily it was like 120 and I snagged it. And of course, the very next day it went on sale at Best Buy for $95. Yeah, it's been bouncing around. Um, I got it for 99 but I did not get the Skyfall disc. It was not released yet at that time. And I think we'll get into that in a little bit because there is a story behind the Skyfall disc as well. But we've been kind of planning this, Russ being the Bond fanatic that he is, and he was kind of flabbergasted when he heard that I hadn't seen many of them. So it's going to be kind of fun to work our way through this set I'll be watching many of them for the first time. I remember bits and pieces of the Roger Moore stuff, you know, on cable. There was always a Bond movie running oh, yeah. you know, on cable. Uh, but I can't recall seeing anything from start to finish. I guess what, what I guess we'll give a little bit of background on, on what we plan to do with this podcast. So what we're going to do is go through each Bond movie from start to finish, starting with Dr. No... And we're going to have a little, I think we're going to have a little fun with this. We're not going to do the typical dry, let's just talk about the movie and go into excruciating detail about everything. And, 
you know, plot recaps and stuff like that. We're not this I think is going to be a little loose. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to come up with some categories to kind of rate these movies. I, I think, John, what, what we kind of came up with was like, what makes a Bond movie a Bond movie? And we started talking about like, you know, it's 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 who who's playing Bond. It's the babes. It's the gadgets, the cars, the you know, the opening credit scene, you know, and just and just little things that kind of make it you know make a bond movie a bond movie and we thought it'd be kind of fun to just give each of those things a rating and like total up the score and then we're all done when we get them all all finished it'd be kind of funny to see how they rate out like what we consider to be you know kind of the best of the best and the worst of the worst yeah there should be a really wide spectrum from what i understand it gets a little dicey in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, through probably the mid-90s? Yeah, it it's kind of funny. I'm, I am just a little bit of background. I've been a fan of the Bond movies since I was a kid. I mean, one of the things is when I was a little kid, you know, ABC, I think, had the rights that would do, like, you know, Friday night movie or Sunday night movie or something like that. And, you know, occasionally, like maybe two, three times a year, they'd show a Bond movie. And it was always kind of a big highlight for me because it was it was usually like two and a half, three hours long because, you know, these movies are typically long when you add commercials in there and, and whatnot. So it was kind of cool to, to see them uh, in that form. And my dad would let me stay up late and he was a big fond of, a fan of them. So we kind of watch them together. So I would I kind of started watching them that way. I was always a fan of Sean Connery. Like he's even to, the, to this day, he's still my favorite. To me, the Roger Moore stuff is the really weak can get really weak. There's a few of them that are actually pretty good, but there's a few of them that are really dicey. And then kind of towards the end of the Brosnan tenure, it gets a little silly. So I guess that's my impression of Bond, you know, not really knowing the Sean Connery stuff very well and growing up in that Roger Moore into the Brosnan era. You know, that was always kind of my impression of of the series. So it's going to be, you know, I'm very excited and interested to finally go through them all and see what it's actually all about. And I, lo- I should say that I love the Daniel Craig stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I have seen the last three. And, um, you know, it'll be also interesting to see how different they are from the other stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. So this will be a cool, a cool journey. Like I said, I think we're going to have some fun little, uh, like I said, you know, we'll, we'll kind of rate everything out just for fun. Um, you know, we've got some bonuses, you know, in there too. Like, you know, every time maybe he orders a drink or, um, you know, sleeps with a woman or sleeps with a woman and then causes her untimely death, you know, just, just kind of just funny, uh, stuff that, that we could, you know, kind of add little pluses and minuses to, to the, uh, to the scoring. So, yeah, it was fun coming up with the formula. And uh, it should be fun to implement it and see what we end up with as sort of the ultimate, like you said, maybe not even the best film, but the ultimate Bond movie is what we hope to come up with uh, at the end of this. And we're looking at, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think we're looking at about one every calendar month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and, and sort of a, a light ske- a loose schedule is the word I'm looking for. So one might, you know, you might get one January 23rd and the next one might be February 4th, but the next one might be March 31st. You know, yeah. as long as we hit one every calendar month, I'd be I'd be happy. And that'll put us into a two year plus journey, I think, or somewhere around there. I don't know. Also, it's going to be fun to see 
uh, as the movies continue. I think we'll have another Bond movie by the end of this run is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. This isn't going to be, I guess, like a lot of the other podcasts on the network. I, it seems like what we've done just in general at HHWLED has taken a lot of the shows and, and made them a little more focused, but have them come out less frequently. So in general, we're still putting out, you know, weekly shows or, or uh, you know, there's typically a show almost every day of the week now on the network. So that, that this will kind of just add to that rotation of, of stuff we're putting out. I think I would like to talk about the uh, two versions of this set. Seems like a good a time as any. So when the first version of this came out, Again, on September 25th, 2012, Skyfall had not yet been released. I don't... Was it in, even in theaters no. yet? I know it, no. was, it wasn't even in theaters yet. Uh-uh. Okay. In a very seemingly uh, smart move by MGM, they left a blank spot for Skyfall in your Bond 50 set. I think unprecedented... That move? Absolutely. Usually you curse that you want the very cool set, but you know there's going to be a version with the last movie in it or any subsequent movies in the series. So I know you are smarter than me, Russ. You do this all the time. You'll wait to get the deluxe set until everything has come out and the series is done. Um, I have a hard time doing that. But anyway, so how cool was this? The Bond 50 set has an open spot for Skyfall. I jumped on the first version uh, of the set. Skyfall comes out in theaters. Skyfall is released on Blu-ray. I'm very happy until I open the Skyfall Blu-ray and the disc does not match the rest of the set. So this seemed totally counterproductive. Like every point that they got for being smart or good to the fans went completely down the toilet is this an extreme reaction yeah probably uh i was not alone no there are online petitions of people yelling and screaming that they want their skyfall to match their bond 50 set it was sort of like a head scratcher i was okay with it until they updated the set and added Skyfall, and it matched. (laughs) So now you have these droves of people who got the set on release that don't have a matching Skyfall, and all the people who bought it this year, including Russell, has it with a matching Skyfall, which is just, I don't know. For a collector, this was, I don't know, blew me away. It Really, for every, why would you bother you know, including the blank spot if you weren't going to make the disc fit the rest of the set. Yeah, I I didn't quite get it. And then to back it up a little bit, when I remember you, I think, messaged me when that announced, or maybe I messaged you, I can't remember, when that announcement came out that they were going to add the Skyfall to the set, Amazon had the picture of the Bond 50 set, and right next to it, like kind of half covering it, was the Skyfall Blu-ray like that we that was released separately. Right, like they were just going to bundle them. Yeah. So it was a big mystery at first like are they bundling it or is the disc actually going to come in it and they're going to like re up the packaging. It was it was disturbing. <laughs> so you got the first set. So you know how they typically put those cardboard sleeves over the on Blu-ray sets uh 
you know, that just basically has the back cover and it, and it kind of folds over. And usually it's kind of a pain in the butt to deal with on the shelf um, because the flap comes up and it anyway, it's, it's kind of a weird you know, shelf porn thing. But they actually use that snot glue or whatever it is to, to fold down the cardboard cover because it actually makes a point of saying it comes with Skyfall and Skyfall's included. And so I was curious if that existed on the previous set. I don't recall. I dispose usually of the snot glue and the little paper covers. Um, I'm not a fan of them, but uh, you, I, I don't know. And now it's funny. I'm, I'm looking on Amazon right now, and the original set without Skyfall is 120 bucks right now. They still have them in stock. And the new set with Skyfall is ninety four ninety nine. So good luck moving those old sets. The set itself is actually really, really sharp. I mean, disc controversy aside, it's it's kind of a hard cardboard slipcase shell. Um, it has two what I'll call books inside. One of them uh, covers all the movies from 1962 to 1981, and then the other one covers from 1983 to 2012. You get Dr. No to... For Your Eyes Only in one volume, and then you get Octopussy all the way up to Skyfall in the other one. And the pages in the book are like a hard cardboard, you know, flip through. And and the, the cool thing they did is like, as you flip the page, there's two discs on the right hand side of the page. And on the left hand side is, is, is a collage of whatever movies are, they've included on the right hand side. And usually whichever person is playing Bond is kind of front and center, like with an iconic image from from one of those two movies and what's cool is on the right hand side where the discs are uh instead of just kind of duplicating out whoever's playing bond they actually take the premier bond girl and she is like superimposed right next to the disc on each page which is yeah really very cool. cool yeah except of course for skyfall because again at the time they kind of made the blank i guess a lot of that stuff was still i guess probably not up in the air at that point but it, it just wasn't finalized it was just more like a, a spacing thing but but either way it's still really cool so each book again kind of has has those movies in it one of them is silver and one of them is, is gold but it's it's really high gloss black with gold a lot of gold and silver um and the discs of course all kind of have the same trade dress same match on them um and there's there's actually a bonus disc that has some really cool stuff the only thing i'm, I'm a little bummed they didn't include is they did a documentary for the 50th anniversary called Everything or Nothing. Uh, it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if you caught that, John. No, I haven't seen that. It was, it's really, really well done, and it and it goes through a lot of the history of of how the franchise got started. It it talks a lot about uh, Cubby Bracali and Harry Saltzman, who are the two producers and kind of the originators of getting this thing moving onto film, uh, and then kind of takes you through, you know, kind of the big high points as of each movie and each person that played Bond. Pretty candid. Uh, which I always like in these kind of documentaries when they when they talk specifics, but that's not included in the set, which I'm I'm a little bummed about. I, I I think that would have been a nice addition, but there is tons of stuff. Each disc contains all of the previously released stuff. So if you bought the old DVDs um, or the or the the remastered DVDs they came out with uh, a few years ago before Blu-ray really hit, all of those specials and extras are in there. Uh, the menus are are pretty. They're not overly flamboyant, but they're pretty slick. I would say. Yeah, definitely user friendly. Everything was easy, you know, easy navigation and stuff. And that's that sounds like a silly compliment, but uh, a lot of these a lot of these discs that come out, the menus are terrible. You can't even like see what's highlighted and what you're choosing. And yeah, 
they get dicey. Yeah. The only thing I don't love, and this is not uh, – I understand why they do this and, and all the big box sets do it. And it's basically to save space because if they used the plastic uh, circular housing for every disc in a 23-disc set, it would be three feet wide. Yeah. But I don't like the cardboard sleeves for the uh, for the disc holder itself. And it's not even that I think the disc can get scratched sliding it in and out. I feel the cardboard's going to rip when I have yeah. to, like, get my finger under there to <laughs> to remove the disc. Um, again, you're, this is like confessions of a Blu-ray addict. But uh, these are the things that, you know, I think about. Yeah, I feel the same way with the, with the sleeves. I mean, the Alien set is, has that. And I'm, I'm trying to think of what other set is kind of geared that way that um that has it made the i just got the uh criterion zatoichi the blind swordsman set and it's the same yeah you just always feel like you're gonna you're gonna bend it a little too much and put a big old crease in it so it makes me nervous there's one other pet peeve i have with the set and that's that there's a lot of the um special feature groupings don't have a play all feature and that makes me crazy oh (laughs) yeah especially when there's a lot of little short ones that just I, I don't know why that just I just hate having to go through, you know, because they they usually when they're separated like that, they each have their own little credit segment. And it's, I don't know, it just like if you're trying to burn through some of the extras, it just makes it kind of a slog. But one, one of the other cool things with the set, though, on the bonus disc is it has all 22. It, they don't have uh, Skyfall on there, but all 22 opening credit scenes from all the movies strung together in one grouping. So if you just want to hear all the music and see all those credit scenes and how they evolved over time. They're about three to four minutes each, depending on the song. That was really cool. I actually sat through and watched them the other day, and it was <laughs> some of them were tough to get through, but other ones were pretty cool. So, yeah, that's a that's a really nice little touch. Definitely, it's such an iconic part of the series. You know, it's it's a nice way to throw them all together like that. Yeah, really unexpected that they would they would pull that. Um, the other thing is the transfers. I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, when we talk specifically about each movie, because because after having looked at how these things have shaken out, uh, the transfers overall look magnificent. I mean, as we'll, we'll get into, I've at this point, in prep for our Dr. No show, I've already watched Dr. No, and it looked unbelievable to me. I mean, just seeing it, they've done a full 4K restoration. Uh, Lowry Digital's done a 4K restoration, and it just it just looks like a movie that was shot five years ago, not 50 years ago. Yeah, I have watched... Uh the first few in the set uh again for the first time so i don't really have a reference to go against but they look great i mean for movies that were coming out in the early mid 60s uh they definitely look like great prints of them so that's cool and i know that the set's gotten very high ratings as well so yeah it's funny i mean i bought the original dvds when they kind of came out in bunches in the late 90s or early 2000s and they look good. I mean, I remember watching, especially the old Connery stuff, and it looked good, but it did not look this good. I mean, to see all the blemishes and scratches and, and all that kind of stuff removed and the color be so vibrant, that's that's just what I notice more. With these restorations, to me, when they do a good job, you just really notice that color just pop in them. I mean, especially like... The Godfather is another one that kind of kind of comes to mind as far as when you when you look at transfers that you're look used to looking a certain way for so many years, either seeing it on TV or crappy VHS or whatever. Uh, that's the first thing that that jumps out to me. Right. 
So we're looking at uh, 23 official, what they call the the Bracali films, you know, the ones that were produced by Cubby Bracali and Harry Saltzman, uh, starting with Dr. No and ending up through Skyfall. There were two films that were kind of outside the scope, which funny enough are now both owned by, turned around and both got re-owned by MGM. One of them is Casino Royale, which was done in 1967 as a spoof. Uh, and it's a terrible, terrible movie. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't like it. I've seen bits and pieces of it over time. It was really just done as a spoof. I mean, it has Woody Allen and David Niven and Orson Welles. And it's funny enough, Ursula Andress plays uh, Vesper Lynn, um, who was played by Ava Green in the in the, the Daniel Craig movie. But it, it's definitely not a part of official canon um, and, and a spoof. But they did do Never Say Never Again in 1983, which is funny because it was the same year that Octopussy came out. Uh, and it was kind of a win because it was done at the time by a separate studio and they were able to get Connery back kind of as the aging Bond. And MGM has gotten the rights back to it. So it's still not a part of the official 23. It's not included in the set. But I'd be curious if you if you want to add that one back in um, and do it just for fun to see how it stacks up. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting. I, they better just not add it to a third version of the set, or I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen because that one's that one is out on Blu-ray. I don't know. I haven't seen it on Blu-ray, so I don't know how the transfer is. I did see that one in the theater, and I do like that one quite a bit. And it's it's actually a remake of Thunderball. And I, I think when we get to reviewing Thunderball, which is fourth in the series, we'll talk a lot about. Uh, the genesis of that because it has a lot to do with rights and who you know who retained ownership even after the movie and all that kind of stuff but um but the producer of that movie kevin mcclory um who had a big credit on thunderball actually retained the rights of that story so that's how he was able to kind of remake the movie and then him getting connery to do it was kind of a thumb in the eye to the bracalis um who were kind of on the outs after connery did uh diamonds are forever but it was actually, like I said, it was actually really well done. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, a very young Kim Basinger plays the the Bond girl. So nice. I'm looking on Blu-ray.com right now, and um, it got a 3.8 video rating. So definitely uh, passable, you know, on the better side. Yeah. Not available on Amazon anymore. Third party sellers are getting about 30 bucks for it. Wow. Huh. Yeah, so it's it looks like it's out of print. I would say. Well, we'll have to. Uh, I'm sure we'll be able to to get it one way or another uh, to see. Yeah. It. But uh, have you have you ever seen that one? Did you ever see Never Say Never Again? I don't think so. Like I said, my this is going to be an interesting sort of dynamic because uh, I don't remember seeing anything in full. I remember the Roger Moore stuff. Uh, I remember, you know, my dad watching the Connery stuff, but not being old enough to appreciate it or pay attention to it. So no, I, I don't, I don't think I've, I, I have to say no. I'm sure I'll, I'll recognize scenes and go, oh yeah, I remember that kicking around cable or whatever, but, uh, not in full. Definitely not. Gotcha. Now I've seen all of them in the theater, starting with a view to a kill, which is kind of a shame that that was the first one I actually saw. Well, actually never say never again. If you want to get technical, um, that was the first one I saw in the theater. And then, and then a view to a kill, which is, is probably one of the worst ones of all. I saw that one in the theater and then pretty much every one since. Um, and then prior to that, it's either, it was either on cable. I think when we first got cable, uh, when I was living in Chicago and this was in the mid, this is probably like 
82, 83, I want to say, when we first got cable. I think they played For Your Eyes Only every four hours on the hour. Like, it was just on all the time. <laughs> you know, there was, back in the early days of HBO and Showtime, I think there was like 12 movies that they showed, you know, all the time. Uh, and that was one of them. But I did like that one. I liked that one quite a bit. That was, that was definitely, uh, even though I'm not really a fan of Roger Moore, that was definitely uh, a better one for him. So, so like I said, I've been watching these since I was since I was really, you know, a little little kid. I mean, it was it was just one. Of, I always felt like I was getting away with something too, because the subject matter was usually fairly mature at the time. Some of it, you know, when you're small enough, kind of goes over your head. But I always just liked the action and and. You know, the gadgets and stuff like that I always I always liked. And so my dad, who's usually really strict about what kind of movies I was able to, you know, like I didn't, you know, I didn't get to watch anything rated R as a kid. I mean, at all, like uh, that was like a big deal. So getting to see these, which were kind of risque on TV, even I thought I was kind of getting away with something. So that was kind of cool. Right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, how times have changed. Right. You used to uh, network TV, like you said earlier, would run you know, these movies and you'd catch them with commercials and chopped up language and <laughs> yeah, chopped up who, who knows what else. And, uh, you know, there's just no reason to do that anymore. You know, there's so many different ways to watch these films that you don't just get them on like Sunday afternoon TV anymore or movie of the week or anything like that. So it'd be a nice little trip down uh, memory lane. Yeah. And it was a big deal. I mean, like when it was like the Sunday movie of the week or whatever, and they were showing a bond movie, that was like a big deal. And, you know, nowadays it's it's just kind of silly to even think that with, you know, Amazon and iTunes and, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays and c- cable. You know, there's, you know, networks that just play this kind of stuff constantly, you know, to, for, for things to be a treat when they actually made it to TV uh, is kind of a, a, a little passe at this point. Right. That and we're getting old and dating ourselves. So, yes, yeah, nobody else will date me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so not that we really needed to start another podcast, but uh, I think this is going to be probably, too, just something that, that John and I are going to kick around. I I don't envision, like, guests or other folks coming on. I think this is just something we're just kind of kind of fool around with and just, just kind of have fun with um, and just kind of keep it, like I said, keep it casual and just have, you know, have a little fun with it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we're not, uh, we're not taking, we're, we're not starting a new email address. Uh, we're not, <laughs> we're not opening up a new Twitter account. Uh, you know, maybe we'll take comments on our HHWLOD Facebook page, you know, sort of the central place for, for all of our stuff if anybody wants to chime in. I mean, we just really like, you know, we'd like to sort of just be able to tell you what movie is next and you're going to have about a month to watch it and hopefully, uh, you know, enjoy listening to the conversation about it. So as Russ, uh, I think, mentioned a couple of times, uh, Dr. No will be first. Yeah. And I guess uh, by the time we figure this all out and get this up on the site or iTunes or whatever, maybe mid-January, maybe, you know, by the end of this month, Dr. No, you think we'll have Dr. No for January? I think so. I mean, I, I, I've i already watched it and got some notes, so I think at this point um, it's just a matter of kind of uh, going through our formula and scheduling some time. Yeah. So... I guess keep an eye out on HHWLOD.com and on the, uh, you know, the Facebook and the Twitter, and uh, we'll let you know when it posts, and hopefully we'll have some good old uh, James Bond antics. Slap a couple of women, have a couple of martinis, and uh, 
Did we tell everyone the name of the podcast? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. You please do the honors. It was your uh, your brainchild. So this is going to be called Shaken, Not Stirred. I like it. Bondcast was already taken, so we had to settle <laughs> settle for something else. But I, th- I think it'll work. I wanted to go with Extreme Bondage, but when we Googled that, it caused some <laughs> reason <Problem>. for concern. <laughs> Would have been interesting. Yes. All right, so again, uh, keep an eye out for Shaken Not Stirred. Absolutely. All right, so again, everybody, thanks for checking out Shaken Not Stirred. Uh, head on over to HHWLOD.com for all kinds of cool stuff, all the other podcasts we do on the network. There are a ton of them. I won't even list them all out here, um, but you can check them all out on the network. Great, great stuff. Uh, hit up our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash HHWLOD for kind of the main Facebook page. Or search uh, Facebook for HHWLOD. And you'll you'll find the the main network page, which will have all the announcements of when these episodes go up, all the other episodes that we have on the network. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail to give your thoughts about James Bond or the franchise or what you think or whatnot, uh, we'd be happy to play those on a future episode. Um, you can call nine seven two seven nine eight three eight three zero, and just uh, that's the the HHWLOD podcast network voicemail line. Just leave a message saying which show you're leaving it for. In this case, it'd be Shaken Not Stirred, and like I said, we'd be happy to to play that in a future podcast. Definitely. So long. So everybody's got homework to do. Yes. Watch, watch Dr. Dr. No. no in the next couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you then.